There are no limits. <laughs> it figures it would be something like this. Our nation, our ideal, <sighs> a Excuse me. Just survive. You know, you look like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. <gasps> you, you're okay. This one, real ugly. Oh. You see, I take these glasses off. She looks like a regular person, doesn't she, huh? Put them back on, formaldehyde face. That's what That's we got. That's enough out of you. You get out or I call the cops. Call the cops? You know what you need? You need a Brazilian plastic surgeon. I've got one that can see. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMasunas. And no, I'm not dead. I am here, folks. What's up, Jameson Rabbit? Very good, Rabbit. Or I forget all that oh my gosh i i'm so bad at this son i can't even introduce the show anymore i I should just i should should just quit ah what's up man how you doing (laughs) i'm doing great good to hear your voice i just talked to you a few days ago but uh it's all good in the hood man this is true so what's up chief how you doing i'm wonderful man uh you know it's it's with a heavy heart that we're doing today's episode but uh yeah very fitting it is. Uh, you and I, we got together uh, last... Hey, careful how you phrase that. What? Well, hey, somebody has a dirty mind here, and I'm not going in that direction. So hey. we need we need to think, we need to talk about this, son. Uh-huh. Um, so you and I, we uh, we met up together uh, uh-huh. at an alley at a hotel somewhere. Right. And uh, so, what was that, Thursday? Is that when that was? Uh, yes, sir. Last yeah. Thursday. Yeah. So, so you... I and the families got together as our yearly adventure goes. It was a little bit later than normal. Went to the zoo. And uh, you and I talked about recording today. And we had a particular movie planned. We were all good to go. We weren't ever going to tell anybody what it was because people would be shocked uh, when they find out what it was. But then we got the news about about Rowdy Piper. And uh, instantly, I sent you a text. I was like, we should do, we should change it to They Live. And I'm glad that you decided to go along with that, sir. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was an easy choice. I mean, this is a movie that I, I've wanted to review anyways. So, yeah, very fitting. Yeah, and that was another reason why I wanted to bring it up is just in case you were thinking about reviewing it, uh, <laughs> I wanted to steal you first. So, uh-huh. good times. But uh, before we get into the review of They Live, how about we talk about some news, sir? Why not? All right, let's do it. Speed of life, keep moving forward. There's no time to 
So, news-wise, movies and music, eh, who cares? Let's talk about our adventure, sir, that we had <laughs> at the zoo together. That was some good times. Sure. <laughs> because every year, all right, we got we to gotta get this out of the way first. Every year, I don't know what it is, but you and I seem to attract a certain kind of people. And last year, we attracted the Amish. Oh, there was a huge uh, Amish contingent last year at the zoo. <laughs> this year, we attracted the boobies. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, so well, we get together about 15 minutes later. We decide first place we're going to go. So we're going to go in the reptilian place. And we open the door. And there's a boob in front of my face with a baby sucked to it. And, and I just look at you. I'm just like, so Amish last year, boobs this year. What do we get next year? And you just start cracking up. Hey, I'm all in, man. Why not? <laughs> and then didn't we see some Amish people later on in the day? As we it did. Was? The, the horse and buggies were, were, were rolling in. I mean, I, I don't know what it is about the zoo that draws our uh, Amish community to it in droves. But uh, there's something there. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> so, so this is what I love. So, uh, so your boys. I don't know if you actually say their names on air. So we'll just call them. Uh, we'll just call them Little L and uh, <laughs> Thing One and Thing Two. Yeah, <laughs> we'll call L One and L Two. There you go. Uh-huh. All right. So, uh, so L One uh, was. Uh, the, let's do youngest. So L One, he was giving me crap about my hair all day. That was good times. What was he was saying? Oh, he says that you look like a cartoon character, and your <laughs> hair reminded him of uh, Timmy from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, that's what he said. All he would tell me is is that uh, I look like I have a bird's nest on my head. That's what oh, he tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then L two uh, was so kind because uh, there's this thing where you only have three hours of parking. And last year when I saw you, I got a ticket. So I was like, hey, it's about that time where I got to move. Because your family showed up later than we expected, or you know, than usual. So I love how L two, you know, is basically watching guard on top of a tree looking for me. That was pretty cool, man. <laughs> I, I got to give him some props. That was awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> now let's talk about the highlight, though. Uh, little T and little K uh, together. My my youngest and your youngest. Uh, yeah. Why don't you set the mood, son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My little my little two year old T T. She. Uh... She is going through her terrible twos right now, which uh, is adorable and mind-numbingly uh, frustrating sometimes. And uh, she's in the phase right now where she doesn't want to have her hand held going across parking lots. We have a rule. You must hold hands. She is not down with that. Um, but uh, she found a new friend in your youngest. Uh, it was pretty cute watching him hold hands running across the zoo all day. All day. It was crazy. It was, and you had to leave. It was the cutest thing. I mean, we took pictures and video of it. It was awesome. But you had to leave early to go film real reviews. And uh, and when uh, family was leaving, uh, those two would not let go of each other's hand, which is which is just <laughs> the cutest thing. It was awesome. Yeah. So how did uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the newest episode of Real Reviews? How did your review go after walking around the zoo all day that day? Were you pretty exhausted when it was time to do some reviewing? Oh no, it was phenomenal. You know, got my 
got my main line of coffee in me, and uh, we went out and hit it. So awesome. you have to check it out. It's a good episode. I will definitely check it out. My favorite though uh, is is the prior week when when you reviewed. Uh, oh my god, the, the gallows. The gallows. So my wife is just like, I gotta check this out, and. I called every single star rating you were going to give just by your voice. I was like, I know what this rating is. Boom. Here we go. And I was right every single time. Although on the screen, the editor has no idea what he's doing and put the wrong score up. And you didn't know about it. I had to tell you. But my favorite thing ever out of every episode that you've done is this particular line where you're like, I hate everything about this movie. It was brilliant, man. Just your tone, your face. Just the the pure disgust. It's it, disgust and exasperation at having to watch horrible movies like The Gallows. And uh, yeah, I, I hate everything about them. I hate everything about those movies and everyone, everything that looks like them. Yeah, yeah. That that was great, man. And uh, I feel sorry for you coming up because you got to review the best animated movie ever or being reviewed that way on TV, and then you told me you like those kind of movies. I, I do. I like Shaun the Sheep. I like Wallace and Gromit. I like those style of animation. Okay. Very good time. Now, Fonda was like, so Jameson's going to review Straight Outta Compton, right? I'm like, yeah, well, he's going to be careful what he says, right? Because we don't want him to get gunned down by the brothers if he gives hey. a bad review. <laughs> hey, I have got myself a hookup with a uh, guy I work with that has a... Six full Impala with the hydraulics in it to put it up on three wheels, drop it the whole nine. He's my ride to go see Straight Out Compton opening night, so that'll be a good time getting out of that car. You should bring that on the show. Put it the, in the whitest background. of white boys come rolling in in my six four, and it's just this little Irish guy getting out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. You should bring it on real reviews, have it in the background. I'm actually thinking uh, of uh, doing doing a promo of us uh, in the car, doing one of our promos in there. So Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. So uh, in regards to movie news, uh, I don't know, man. There, there hasn't been a whole lot. I mean, obviously, uh, the whole Comic-Con thing has been talked about to no end. I don't even know if you and I... We never even talked about Batman vs. Superman. And I know I finally, because uh, I said, you know, we'd get together last month. But uh, I've been really busy lately. And I'm actually going to college, uh, which is pretty crazy. I never thought in a million years I'd be doing that. So that takes away from even more podcasting time. Perfect. But uh, I, I have no idea where I was going with this story. I don't know. Just Oh, about uh, I got in touch with uh, Ryan over at D2R Podcast. My boy Ryan, you know, from the Face vs. Teal group. Yes, and he posted an episode. And I'm like, dude, you didn't even ask me. I'm, I'm the host of that show. You didn't even ask me if you want to review. He's like, well, you're always busy. So I'm like, how about we get together and just review some? He's like, well, that's cool. I've got a new show I'm doing anyways. So you could be my first guest. And the first thing we did we talked about politics, Confederate flag, and then went right into Batman vs. Superman. It was awesome. So there you go. I finally got my Batman vs. Superman talk out. Where uh, can people find that? Uh, it's not live yet. So it's, <laughs> as soon as it's live, I will let you know. Uh, but uh, I, I had nothing but great things to say about it. I'm excited. But one thing that uh, you and I were talking about the zoo, for those of you who don't know, Jameson is now writing... Um, <laughs> what movie pilot, right? That's the place. Moviepilot.com, yeah. Yeah, and uh, why don't you tell people where they can find your little reviews thing? Because you wrote a really nice article about the DC universe, sir. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. It's uh, if you want to find any anything that I'm working on, I'm actually uh, I'll have another thing out tonight as of this recording. Um. Go to moviepilot.com/slash/rabbit. That's R-A-B-B-I-T-T. Uh, that'll get you to my page and uh, see the articles I post, and I post links to uh, to my shows and such. But uh, I had an article about DC, I had an article about Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm working on something that'll I said it'll be out tonight, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of fun. It's fun, uh, and you know, I post reviews of things on there. It's just kind of a fun outlet to get things out that uh, maybe don't have a home in one of my podcasts or anything. You know? Yeah, it's true. Are you you got a spell check going on? Hey, I am a master speller. I was a uh, sixth grade spelling champion. You don't got to worry about me. <laughs> well, uh, you wrote a, a pretty interesting article that I could not agree 100% more with about how, you know, I have full confidence in, in Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. And uh, my my thoughts are starting to change on Gal Gadot after that trailer. You know, I'm super excited for Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. I got no worries whatsoever. Especially after those those trailers, but you brought up an interesting point that after those two movies will kind of be our new DC, you know, film universe, and the actors that are being cast aren't necessarily the kind of actors Marvel would want to pick up and put in their movies, you know. Uh, but at the end of the conversation, all I could say is, you know what? I waited my whole life for this. I'll take what they give me, you know. Um, so basically you're right. We're dealing with actors that either one, I have no idea who they are or two, I've seen them in so little stuff that it's really hard for me to judge how good are they going to be. And then there's others where you kind of like, what were you thinking? So can you kind of elaborate a little bit on your article, sir? No, that's basically it. I mean, it's basically the premise that if you look at DC's universe and you look at who they cast, they cast Oscar winners, they cast actors, they cast people who have got serious acting chops, and sometimes you wonder how they're in a comic book movie because these are real actors. And uh, DC has a lot of people that they're filling roles. It feels like they're looking for someone who looks like a character rather than whether they can act. Um, they they have a lot of people in their roles that inspire zero confidence in me. Um, that's not to say that they won't be good. That's just saying on the outset that I don't have the confidence uh, in, in Ezra Miller being to pull off a franchise as I do seeing, you know, any number of the people that have gone through the the Marvel Universe. Um, and that's just what I'm saying is, you know, it seems that Marvel has a different stock of actor in their stable as opposed to what DC has been able to pull in for the most part. It's true. Another thing we talked about is how soon is that Shazam movie going to come with The Rock <laughs> if things yeah. start going down the drain, son? Yeah, it's... I, I honestly believe that all it's going to take is one good bomb and they shove that Shazam movie right to the top of the pecking order because you're not going to miss, you're not going to lose money on a rock movie. That's kind of been proven. Good or bad, you're not going to lose money. And so I think all it's going to take is one miss after this Superman v. Batman and any of these any of these strike out, I think that gets shoved to the top. We got to get, get rock in there. Because if you if you're DC and you miss on two movies in a row, you're done. Mm -hmm. You can keep putting them out, but really, people are waiting for the other shoe to drop at DC because of the long history of failures with trying to start this this universe and just the failures of n not getting out of their own way. And so, uh, yeah, I think two two in a row, and they're they're in real trouble. So we'll see. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, let's face it. The last rock movie that didn't make money was... Uh, I don't even know. I mean, let's be honest. Even the ones that... I mean, I always said Faster is his most underrated movie. And yours is Snitch, which I agree 100%. Uh, even those weren't bombs. Those still made money. Granted, they well, those were smaller movies, you know. But I mean, it doesn't matter the quality of the movie. It could be a Hercules. People are going to go see it, whether it's good or bad. It's true. Um, yeah. So well, we'll see. We'll see. That's. I mean, he's the one. He's the one guy that DC has that is lurking out there that that could really help him. So it's, we shall see. It's true, man. Now uh, there was one thing that I wanted to to talk to you about real quick before we roll into the review. Um, uh, this is really interesting to me. Now I, I gotta find what I did with this article. So I need you to, uh, to vent a little bit or, or talk about whatever <laughs> so I can find where I pull. Oh, here we go. Never mind. Oh, I, I, all right. Very good. All right. So this is music related. Ooh, finally I got some music news. Okay. Have you seen this? They're still together article bands from the nineties that never went away. Have you seen this, sir? Negative. All right. Check this out. I'm going to read off some bands, and, and you and I, we're very music lovers of, of these bands, so I'm pretty sure every one of these guys, you're going to be like, I know them. Really? Right. Good to know. We'll first see. first one, The Offspring. Oh, yeah. Offspring, yeah. Yep. They were just they were just playing here uh, just not that long ago. A couple weeks ago, they were here in town. Yep. New single, Coming For You, was released January 2015. Outstanding. All right. Our next one is Smash Mouth. Remember those guys? <laughs> if you want to talk about 90s, man, you Smash Mouth is the 90, the late 90s to me. Holy cow. For real. They're like the Backstreet Boys in sync of rock music, right? I mean, they were playing their crap every I'm a Believer and uh, Rockstar or, or whatever yep. it was every, oh, yeah. every other day. Okay. Uh, here's one. Counting Crows, which I hate these guys. Oh, my God. Do I hate the Counting Crows? Oh, thank you, dude. Now I know why I love you so much, because you Jeez. hate the Counting Crows like I do. I can't stand these guys, man. I don't know what it is, but I hate these guys. Ugh. Yes, sir. They could break apart any day now. I don't care. All right. We got Soul Asylum. Remember these guys? Runaway Train back in 94? I was never a fan of Soul Asylum. Neither was I, sir. Uh, <laughs> just, I. No, thank you. Ugh. Okay. Here's a band that I absolutely love, and I still play their music today. And John the Music Man is a big fan of these guys. Lit from My Own Worst Enemy. Remember these guys? I remember Lit. I never really had an opinion on them, though. Okay. They were just kind of in the periphery for me. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. The next one is a band that I really enjoy, uh, but not very big. 311. You ever heard of 311? Oh, my Lord. That's a big one for me, man. I love 311. I saw 311 in concert when their very first CD came out. And I was uh, 16, I want to say. Ooh. It was 20, 20 plus years ago. Um, and yeah, and saw them several times afterwards. I loved, I grew up on some 311. All right, let's talk about uh, some trivia with these guys. Uh-huh. You probably remember 311 mostly from their hit single Down, which is which fan- their third album. Fantastic uh, album and single. Or maybe you remember them better from the ridiculous rumor that they were affiliated with the, the KKK. Clue- KKK. Uh, because K is the 11th letter in the alphabet, and K repeated three times equals KKK. They're still together, and they still have not lived that rumor down. They still they have um, 
uh, cruises they do, the 311 cruise every year, where they take all their fans, uh, they go out on a boat, and they go out on a pot-filled uh, 311 music playing cruise where you just get to hang out with the band. You get to hang out with Peanut and Mike Sexton and S.A. and all the guys. And uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> right? Yeah. Here's another band that I actually like their songs, but I hate their name. Bare Naked Ladies. I like Bare Naked Ladies. I totally dig their music. I just hate the name. I'm it like, it took me a while to come around on them because they do have an annoying sound. But uh, yeah, I like them. Yeah, yeah. good times. Uh, let's see. Goo Goo Dolls are still together. I like them. They're, they're all right. Yeah. Underrated. Underrated. Correct. I agree. Uh, Jeremiroquai. You remember this dude? Jeremiroquai. Oh my gosh. Jeremiroquai. I don't know if there's anyone that my wife hates more than Jeremiroquai. <laughs> it's goofy hat and his horrible fisheye lens video. And, uh, but there's one redeeming thing about Jeremiroquai is that his song was the ending of Napoleon Dynamite where he does the dance at the end. Yeah. That was to Jeremiroquai. So I dig that. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, the next one is a band that I loved dramatically in the nineties. And I still love today, mostly because the lead singer is awesome. Mark McGrath, Sugar Ray. No. Yeah. They're still, no, they're still together. They're still together, son. (laughs) That guy gets acting jobs and I don't understand why. Oh, it's true. He has the looks, but he has no acting chops. Oh my God. I mean, I get why the girls love him to pieces. I get it. I really do. But he can't act to save his life. Hey, watching the game, watching him do uh, that stupid lips where you had to uh, the karaoke show he was running. Yeah, yeah, he was terrible as that host, man. I almost fell asleep every time. You love some Sugar Ray, though. Yeah, I love. And they're Sugar still Ray. around. Yeah, I want to see Sugar Ray on Lip Sync Battle, man. That'd be good times. That's a fantastic show. Uh, here's a band I never listened to: Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. I can't believe they're still around, though. I know. Here's wow. an, here's another one I can't believe with only one hit single. Macy's Playground is still around. Sex Mar- and Can- Marcy's Playground. Oh, Marcy's Playground, yeah, with Sex and Candy. Those guys are slow. Yeah, the band. I love that song so much. I know. But I am shocked that they even that they made it another year after that because they just disappeared. Has, post, has Postmodern Jukebox done that song yet? I don't think so. Man, they need to, dude. They can have I'm, sure they'll, I'm sure they'll get to it. Scott is working feverishly on that thing, man. Awesome. Now, here's a band that I still listen to today, Everclear. Good times. Everclear, yep. yep. And the lead singer, Art, still bleaches his hair. Good times. <laughs> Terrific. And uh, Eve Six. Remember these guys? I do. Still together. I heard on the radio there was, a, there was this big tour going on, and Eve Six was like the third act listed. I'm like, huh. They're still around. Cool. Good time. Why not? Uh, Spin Doctors. I hate them. Oh, my God. hate them with every ounce of my heart. For real? That's yep. Okay. And our last but not least, surprisingly, Third Eye Blind. Mm, they released their fifth. Yeah, you know, semi-charm kind of life. You know. Oh. Yeah, it's a semi-charm kind of life, baby. Baby. <laughs> I want. Yeah. And, oh. Dude, did you know how much that song? I had no idea it was about sex and drugs. I had no idea until I listened to the unedited version of it when I bought the CD. I was like, holy crap. Wow, this song is really crazy. So, yeah. Good tune, though, man. That's one of those songs where you have no idea what you're singing about, 
but the melody and and the beat is so awesome. You're like, yeah. Not all not all those bands need to still be around. It's true, but uh, some of them, you know, it's pretty interesting to know that they're still around. So. All right. All right, sir. Well, that is it for news. Shall we roll into our review of They Live, sir? Yes, please. All right, let's do it. things want and why are they here you still don't get it do you boy they have recruited the rich and the powerful they're running the whole show wake up they're all about you all around you blinded us to the truth take a look they are safe as long as they are not discovered i don't know what they are or where they came from but we gotta stop them stay away from me put these on they have us look at them they're everywhere We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business. Ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control! You're sending some kind of secrets on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletales. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick it. And I'm all out of bubblegum. So they live, man. Now, this is a movie that, uh, let's see, I watched about three days ago, and it was the first time I had seen it in like over 13 years, man. And I have vivid memories of this, but I had two different reviews of this movie. You know, I had a, a certain star rating, and then I have my new star rating for this film. So uh, I'll go into that, obviously, when we get towards the end here. But uh, one thing I really enjoy about this movie is the fact of it's a John Carpenter movie. I absolutely love John Carpenter. I mean, John Carpenter is the person who wrote and directed my favorite horror movie of all time. But one thing I love about John Carpenter is that he does his own music, which is always fantastic. He he takes simple music and just makes it either creepy or cool. You know, he did Big Trouble in Little China. He did the whole soundtrack for that. Amazing. He did a kung fu movie. He's not just... Uh, down and out to to horror. I mean, the guy can really he can write and direct some some great stuff. Some of my favorite movies are John Carpenter movies. Uh, of course, this isn't written by him; it's just directed by him. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it stars uh, Rowdy Piper from WWF at the time, which is now WWE, and uh, our boy that we already talked about before, Keith David at Men at Work. I'm so happy we get to talk about him again <laughs> because this is, I think, my favorite Keith David movie. Oh, yeah? Uh, just, yeah, it's, it's so good. Uh, this movie is is pretty, you know, it had a budget of $3 million. Box office was $13 million, came out in 1988. And it's pretty crazy how cult status this movie has become and the amount of people that have found this movie over the years and the amount of love that this movie still gets. Sure. And I guess we'll talk about if it holds up or not, but uh, 
for for you, sir, what's your history with this movie? I remember watching this movie as a young man because Rowdy Roddy Piper, rest in peace, was in the movie. And that kind of got me intrigued by it because I I knew he had acted in previous movies, but they had all been really bad B movies. And this one you could actually see in a movie theater at one point. Um, this, this one was on... Uh, it ha- it has a really interesting cover. I remember I remember the cover at the video store. Yeah, You're like that's a really weird cover. Um, with so the I, sunglasses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like what's going on with this? So I, I remember you know renting it and and checking it out and uh, watching it a lot for a while there. It was it was in my rotation for a little while there because it's it's an interesting movie. It's got an interesting message and uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. Does a does a bang up job for a guy who's not an actor, you know? For real. I and mean, if you if oh, you watch oof. any other Roddy Roddy Piper movies, this is the high water point by far. And he made it for a while there, as he was making his transition between different wrestling organizations and kind of finding his way, deciding whether he wanted to be a wrestler full time or a, an actor full time. He was making some really really terrible movies. Um, and this is very much the high water point of what he was able to do because it seemed like after this, he just would say yes to anything that was offered to him and it was not good. (laughs) Now, see, I actually was under the understanding this was his only movie he did. Oh no. I watched, he's made dozens of movies. Um, I have watched uh, just the other night, uh, Friday night, when we heard about his passing. My boys and I watched this, and we also watched what is uh, my favorite cult movie that he did, uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, which is available on Hulu and is a really odd movie. But, uh, yeah, it's an odd movie. But Hell Comes to Frogtown, I believe, was made before they live. Uh, I'm looking up his filmography now. Yeah, Hell Comes to Frogtown was 1988, same time as they okay. lived. Mm-hmm. First movie was in 1977. You're right, man. He made a lot of stuff. Wow. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea. He would just show up in things randomly. I'd be like, oh, go. Uh, there was one called Immortal Combat that he was in, which was uh, pretty terrible. But that one was him and, oh, gosh, who else? Who was the, his partner in that movie? Um uh let's Immortal. see martial artist sony chiba sonny chiba that's right him yeah sonny chiba and meg foster who oh is gosh. is holly in they live yeah uh was the love interest in that so oh yeah. i i gotta get this out of the way meg foster only works as evil lynn for me in masters of the universe i can't stand her in any other movie i've ever seen her in uh best of the best two anything this movie i'm just like and I don't think it has to do with her eyes. I just don't. Oh, she's got amazing eyes. Oh. Meg Foster was a staple of bad 80s movies. <laughs> she really was. Like, we need, we can't afford really anything for our female lead in this movie. Meg Foster will do it. All right. <laughs> she was in so many USA up all night, awful sci-fi movies that I saw. <laughs> it was Oh, man. Like, movies that ripped off They Live. Like, oh, but we have where the the aliens are among us. So let's get Meg Foster for it. She'll say yes. 
There we go. Now, now speaking of that cover, you're right. The cover has uh, has Piper's eye, has the glasses coming down, and has the picture, the god-awful face of these aliens. Yeah. My, my kids walked in at the very end of this movie, and they're like, ugh, what is that? I'm like, see, the effects still hold up, man. It looks like somebody took your the front of your face and cut it off, and all that's left is muscle, and it, that's all that looks like muscle and and blood and veins and stuff too close of a shave as Roddy would say yeah yeah and i love the cover i love the logo the way that they live is written it looks it looks amazing but essentially for those of you who may not have seen this movie um if it, this movie follows rowdy piper his character's name is john nada that's how it's listed in the credits uh he discovers that uh there's a ruling class of people, and they're aliens uh, in disguise, basically. You know, instead of Transformers, it's alien disguise. They're manipulating people to spend money, to breed, accept the status quo, essentially. It's all subliminal messages, but the thing is, is there's this really cool effect where you put on these sunglasses, life becomes black and white, and, and you can see all this stuff that happens. And I always remembered this movie from the sunglasses on. It was always the beginning. Now, I want to talk about the beginning here. With John Carpenter, he always sets the mood with his music. And the thing he does in this one, as as my wife puts it, it's almost like a kind of a scary Western. It's like, do-do-do. And there's that there's that particular beat that happens. It's like his theme song, do 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 do, and mm-hmm. it, it just plays in the background. And it's real creepy, but it's really cool and badass at the same time. You know, it's not like the the haunting Halloween theme, and it's not like the upbeat Big Trouble in Little China theme. It's just like really you know subliminal if you wanna if you wanna put it in other words. But I dig this theme that they have playing throughout the movie. Do, 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 do. What do you think, man, of the music of this movie so far? It's funny because some of the music in the movie reminds me very much of planes, trains, and automobile music. Really? It really does. I To the point where I looked up to see if there was some sort of uh, cross between the two because it was a lot of the... The uh, the, oh, you're sad right. sack, the sad sack music when things are going bad for Steve Martin. I can hear it now. You're right, dude. Oh, my god, It's gosh. very similar kind of music as things are just not going right. <laughs> it is kind of doing... Yeah, you're right. And so I did. I was like, oh, this... Yeah, I never noticed that before. I got to look it up and see. But yeah, it's that's what it reminded me of. So good. Okay. So it starts off Rowdy Piper. He's he's basically walking around. He's got this huge book bag on his back. And he is he's in what? Los Angeles. Am I correct? This is the right. place? Okay. And he's essentially a guy who carries tools with him. And he tries to find jobs, you know, tries to find uh, labor yeah. work. And then he'll ask, hey, when am I going to get paid next? You know, uh, that's kind of the, the first 10 minutes of the movie is him just kind of drifting around and. And I love the environment. It's almost like a, po- a post-apocalyptic type of environment. I mean, things are real nasty and dirty and broken up. And it's a pretty crazy environment in the beginning of this movie. Well, and he talks about he he came from Denver, Colorado. And that Denver, Colorado, kind of everything went tits up on it. Like, the banks went under. Everything went under. Like, I had to get out of there. There was no jobs. There was no nothing left. And it kind of sets up like, well, what happened? Yeah. What happened in Denver that everything went bad? But what's really cool is is that now this is based on a short story, eight o'clock in the morning. They don't there's a there's a few things they don't get into, and I kinda like that. It kinda lets you fill in the 
fill in the blanks, if you will, which sure. which some movies I get real pissed about. But this one is one of those ones where I'm like, I kind of dig how they do that. You know, it's like, don't worry about that stuff. Let's let's deal with the story at hand. Here. Just focus on Rowdy Roddy Piper's amazing mullet. Amazing mullet. It is spectacular. Now, did you watch WWE Raw last night, sir? Nope. Man, now I, I know that you have, uh, you know, you're kind of pissed at wrestling these days, but last night. I uh, saw the tribute. I watched the two-minute okay, tribute. Okay, I was going to say, did you at least watch the tribute? Because it was fantastic. I don't need to watch the product to see the tribute. <laughs> All right, cool. Because <laughs> you're right, they do play in the beginning, which was even your boy Bray Wyatt, the cult leader, took his hat off and showed some respect. So that was kind of cool. I, I, I gave him some douche points back. So that was nice. <laughs> uh, so so our boy, he, he finds some work. And he meets our, our, our second hero of the story, Keith David, who's the only guy who could pull off a purple shirt. Uh, let me just say that. Uh, Keith David. I, I, I love this guy. This guy, I, I love this guy so much. I can't. Oh, man. Anything he's in is gold. He automatically makes the movie three stars better than it typically would have been. I don't know. This guy's really freaking angry in this movie. Yeah, he is. He is just <laughs> unnecessarily angry in this movie. Uh, but he's left his uh, his wife and children behind. It's been, what, six months? Is that uh, the story he's, sure. he tells them? Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, Rowdy Piper does his first job, asks when he's going to get paid. And they say Thursday. So so Keith David comes up to him and says, hey, there's a shelter up here. Do you want to go uh, hang out, get some food and stuff? And Piper doesn't say nothing. So he just, you know, gives him his dirty look. And uh, and Keith David, who's uh, what's his character's name? Uh, let's see. Frank. Frank. He just takes off. So uh, Piper starts to follow him uh, down the street. I love the line where he's like, hey, man, I don't like people following me. He goes, well, I don't like telling people where I'm going until I see what, or what does he say? He's like, I like to know where people are going. Uh, I missed it, man. It's a really cool line though. Basically about neither one of them want to tell each other where, where they're going, but it's kind of like a mutual respect that come apart because he starts laughing at or whatever. And, uh, so they, they're walking and and they get to this area real commune full of garbage, basically. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Uh, there's this church across the street. Now during this, there's this guy on TV that just miraculously shows up. He's interfering. Uh, and then it gives you a headache basically because the, the wavelengths on the television just kind of, uh, you know, I mean, let's face it, old school TV before it was HD, eh, it gives me a headache too. That's these stupid hackers coming through, cutting in. I'm trying to watch Barney Miller and the hackers come in and <laughs> start giving me these messages about what's really going on in the world. You know, open your eyes, see what's happening. Like, dude, I just want to see what's going on on the TV. Stupid hackers cutting into my programming. Okay, now here's the legitimate question my wife asked that I I purposely ignored her and kept watching the movie. That so a boy, didn't... that's how you handle that. <laughs> exactly. How did they get power to the television? Oh, you can hack into the TVs. Oh, you mean how do they get power? Well, there's obviously power because the mission has electricity, so you just run that extension cord out. Yeah, that that power is like you know 200 feet away across the street, son. That's a long extension cord. Yeah, you get extension cords. You run them together. You hook them up. It's no big deal. Right. I mean, it's you know they got they got running water. They got they got heated showers, like they said. Yeah, you gotta cool. have some sort of electricity. Yeah, uh, I, it's cool. It's no big deal. It's not a star breaker or nothing. So. Here's my question though, because <laughs> 
while they're at the commune, you uh, you're introduced to the blind preacher. Yeah. Right. The blind preacher's out there and he's preaching about something that doesn't make a lot of sense. He's blind. Um, but here's my question. I don't know a lot about blind people. Do blind people walk around with their eyes closed? Is that, is that why they're blind? Because most movies you see the blind guy, he's got the glasses on or they're kind of staring off into space. This guy just walks around with his eyes closed the whole time. I'm kind of curious if he's even blind or if he just doesn't know to open his eyes. Now, he did have his eyes open when he was feeling uh, Piper's face uh, in, the, in the church. And his eyes were the white, the white color. Uh, you know, the typical color when you're blind. So I just think the dude likes to close his eyes. I don't know. <laughs> he just <laughs> likes to close them. He, he was an actor who was probably paid 13 bucks just to be there. Yep, you're, you're going to get scale and you just deal yeah, with it. Yeah. Uh, but needless to say, uh, they there's this uh, Piper notices. I'm going to call him Piper throughout this because yep, he's Piper. Yeah, he's Piper. He's not referred to by a name throughout the movie, so he's Piper. He's Piper. So Piper notices there's some activity going on across the street at this church. There's yeah. uh, there's Sup's going down. Yeah, there's people coming in and out, boxes being delivered in trucks, and he's like, I want to know what's going on. What are in those boxes? That's when he decides he's going to take a walk over there and investigate. All of a sudden, here's some church going on. There's some church music. People are praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he realizes people ain't praising the Lord. It's a tape player that's praising the Lord. So he's like, hmm, what's going on here? And that's when you find out that uh, the guy who's been on TV the past couple of minutes is actually in the background talking about how we got to get our message out and all this and that. So you're kind of like, okay, obviously the church has something to do with getting these subliminal messages out to people and all this warning and all this other good stuff. So then uh, Piper's trying to get away very, very silently and comes across uh, this this open area uh, inside a wall. And there's uh-huh. a box. No idea what's in the box. And that's when the preacher man grabs his face. And you're right. It is kind of creepy. It is kind of comes in like a scares. zombie, like walking like Frankenstein at him. <laughs> right. Exactly. So weird. He's like, oh, man, I, I was just looking for the bathroom. You know, it's all good. And uh, so. Uh, after this, uh, he, he tries to let, uh, you know, Frank know about these guys and Frank's like, look, the way things work around here, I don't mess with nobody. Nobody messes with me. You need to mind your own business. That's kind of his philosophy. Wouldn't you agree? Everything he says in the movie is like, man, shut up. (laughs) That's the message he's getting across with every look and every statement that he says. It's just, man, shut up. It's so true, though. I love it. He's so angry for no reason at Piper. Piper has not done anything yet to him, and he is super annoyed at this guy. Yeah. So so Piper's like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here with my binoculars, and I'm going to check things out. Mm-hmm. So the nighttime hits, and uh, this is when, what, the militia come? The police, they come and They inter- just come in and bulldoze the entire village. It's it's like the end of Bad Boys 2 up in here. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just bulldozing shanties and just... Who knows what's going on? So we know so, Michael Bay got the idea. For yeah, Shantytown is going down tonight. And the bulldozers are going over people, kids, televisions. They're probably stealing the extension cord that they were using. I mean, it, it, it gets a little hairy in there. It's time to run is what it is. It is. Now, Piper, he's just walking. He He's so badass. He don't need to run. He just got to enjoy the view, basically, which I, yeah. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed that part. Uh, there was this one guy earlier 
that he comes in contact with in like an alleyway where uh, they're beating up the the preacher. Uh, they got these cops and they're kicking. The cops the are just Rodney King in this guy. I know, right? I, I mean, mean him. That's where the cops got the idea from. Clearly, the, the blind preacher and the the guy who's like the leader of the resistance. They. <laughs> Piper comes walking by, and these guys are getting to know the taste of police batons. Right. I mean, these guys are just like, okay, we're, uh, you know, may, hey, today in 2015, maybe we're getting to this point, right? Right. But, I mean, it's, yeah, these guys are very much just getting batoned in the back of an alley by these cops. You're like, what's going on? And the cops never look. Like, here goes Piper walking by, and they never look up like, oh, this guy just saw us. No. Now, here's my dumb question. So so Piper sees the guys, and you're right, they didn't see him, but as he's going down the alley with that guy, the cops show up at the end of the of the alley, and they cut through that house, and they and they go inside the house. Why were there no cops that came into that house? Because they clearly know where they went. Because they're dumb. They're aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stupid aliens. <laughs> here's my issue with this... With this uh... I'll hold it. I'll hold it until we get into it a little more. I, I have one issue that always annoys me with this movie, but I'll okay. hold it. All right. Yeah, you you hold it because, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to hear this. Okay. So so our boys basically what? They they get in the house, and that's when uh, – what's going on in this house? I forgot. I'm trying to remember. Oh, my gosh. They're in a house. Dude, I just watched this. How could I forget? You should remember this then. So should you. You watched it the day before I did. Yeah. <sighs> You're a failure. I'm in and out of things all the time. <laughs> he gets the sunglasses, that's, though. That's what I right? said. Oh, sorry. He runs out of there. He, he he stumbles across a box full of sunglasses. Yeah, that's that's what, that's what it was. Yeah. He well, basically, yeah, he goes back and uh, he goes back to the place. Uh, he goes back to the church, opens the thing up, and he discovers there's a bunch of sunglasses. Now, what I like about this is typically any other character in a movie would just be like, what? Sunglasses and just kind of throw the box away. But he's like, you know what? I have a feeling about this. There's just something fishy, so he holds on to a pair, which I thought was really. Well, he finds them in the he finds them in the garbage can or next to the garbage can, because then he hides the rest of the box in the garbage can. Did didn't I thought he pulled them? No, he pulls them out of the wall, opens it, sees the sees the um, sunglasses, and then he goes and hides it in the garbage can. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's hides the box in the in the garbage can. You and... said the box was already in the garbage, though. I don't know what I'm talking. Yeah, I know. You, you had too much to drink last night. All I know is the man gets the sunglasses. Okay, right. That's the point of the movie. That, that's the point. It's the sunglasses. I don't care how he got the sunglasses. He got the sunglasses. Who cares? Let's skip the, let's skip the plot. Who told you to put the bomb on? <laughs> All right, so, so our boy puts on the sunglasses, and what do we get? Our movie now turns to black and white, son. Are we watching a new movie? What's going on here? I don't get it. Stay asleep, Mike. Stay Submit. Asleep. <laughs> Obey. So he puts on the sunglasses. Things are black and white. He's like, "What? what's going on? And that's when he looks up and he sees that the words are now obey. And he's like, what's going on? And clearly, you know, you'll see it's, a picture of a girl on top in a bikini. And it says reproduce and things like that. It's, good yeah, it's, it's basically anywhere you see advertisements. Yeah. The, you see the subliminal messages behind those advertisements. You see everything. The, the messages put out to the masses of just submit to what we tell you do what we do don't think for yourself like that's the message that's being put out there and that's kind of the message of this movie is that that's what the that's what the man wants you to do is just to not question authority and just go along like a bunch of sheep bunch of sheep <laughs> yeah and uh i love the one thing i really like is he's really trying to figure it out right because he puts on the sunglasses and he's just starts seeing the truth right right and seeing the 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 people for what they are is these 
weird skeletal muscular like they like you said like their flesh has been ripped off it's kind of jarring and he's kind of getting used to this and i the i dig the newsstand scene where he goes to the <laughs> newsstand and it feels very much that scene in itself feels very much like a twilight zone scene right it plays like it it looks like it in that black and white and the way it's shot and that the the guy buying the paper just keeps looking at him like what's your problem buddy you know, and like I, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's, it also introduces that not everybody looks like this. That it's not like you put them on and you see through people's skin because you don't know what's going on. Right? Maybe he just found X-ray glasses that somebody ordered out of the back of a comic book. You know? Right. Um, but he sees that the the guy running the newsstand looks normal, and so well, wait a minute, what's so what's going on? So this guy looks like he's got his face face ripped off. This guy looks normal. Something's up. Yeah, you know, I, I like that. I like that scene a lot. And uh, I, now I don't know if this takes place shortly after, but before I forget, I got a one of my favorite lines in the movie is when he goes into a grocery store. Yeah, that's where he goes next. Yeah, and he's like, "When I take these glasses off, she looks like a regular person, doesn't she?" I put them back on, formaldehyde face. I mean, I love that line. It's so good. I mean, he just he does the Piper. From the WWE where he just goes off on you. I mean, you look like your head fell on the cheese dip in 1957. <laughs> you, you're okay. <laughs> you, you're okay. I I love the stuff that he has to say uh, in here. I mean, it is so, so good. And then what does he do? He essentially, uh, he realizes that they, they, they know that he can see them. So they, they start yeah, talking they, their watch like Michael Knight, basically. Yeah. He hears, he hears them saying like, Oh, we got one that can see. And he started describing him and he's like, Oh, Nope, I'm not hanging out here. Cause all of a sudden all eyes are on him. Yeah. All eyes are on him. We got one that can see us. Oh no, you know, we got to do something about this. And so he, he hightails it out of there and is runs down an alley and is immediately met with a, the fist of a cop. Right. This is the point where he gets his gun because these cops are clearly not uh, not human. He takes the two of them out and he's like, you die like a regular human. Uh, and then a third cop shows up, but he lets him go because he's a regular human. So so there's a there's a morality here where we're only going to kill the aliens. If you're human, you get to live. That's basically how it works. And I want to know this town where you can just rip off gunshots in the middle of town. Like he is right next to the grocery store and he's just gunning down cops. And not one person is like, Whoa, what's going on over there? Cause it's the eighties. Nobody gave a care. <laughs> it's so goofy. It's so good though. Right. Right. I love it. So that's when we get to probably the most infamous scene of yeah. the whole entire movie where he accidentally walks into a bank and he's holding a shotgun in his hand. And uh, we get the, the most famous line of the movie. I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. What what I love about this, evidently, is this was not in the script. This was right. just Piper talking. And it it's the, these lines that make this movie so fantastic. Oh, yeah. This is the most iconic line that Piper ever said. And it was full on just doing a promo, just shooting a promo, basically. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. It's, and it stands to this day. It's one of the one of the things that people remember most about Piper in total. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, last night uh, for the main event of WWE, uh, our boy Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, I know you still love those guys. Uh, they had to take on uh, some of the douchebags, 
But the crazy guy of the WWE, I mean, he they call him the lunatic fringe. He actually has T-shirts that says Ambrose uh, uh, Asylum, kind of taken after Batman Arkham Asylum. It's good stuff. But he was chewing bubble gum, and he's and he's like, in honor, in, in honor of Piper, uh, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. And he spits out the bubble gum, and it was good times. I mean, they were they were totally doing. The Piper tribute last night. Everybody was sure. wearing the Hot Rod shirts, which was really cool. But I love that, though. Uh, and even when he was called crazy, he just looks at somebody and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not crazy. And that's the thing with Piper. He was just a crazy mofo that didn't care. And that's part of his his persona. But it was also like he was just keeping it real. I mean, especially if you listen to his podcast. The guy that's, that's doing those promos is the same guy that you hear talking a regular podcast he's just like stone cold he's basically keeping it real you know yeah 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 but in the uh going back to the bank scene this is where we find out for the first time that these uh these aliens can disappear yeah that's... Piper goes to blast one like mommy don't like no tattletales oh right levels the shotgun to the guy's head and he <laughs> just turn pushes a button on his watch and boop gone it's true uh because yeah that that's the first time that that happened and you're like okay What's up with the watches? But you're not going to really get an answer to for that until a little bit later on. Right. So, so no. what? So what happens next? Well, and then I mean, he's he's still not sure what these glasses can do. Um, he goes outside and and now he he kidnaps a girl. Yeah, gets, gets in her car. So he went from one in the matter of five minutes. He's he's murdering people and now he's kidnapped a girl. A piper. He's. A, <laughs> He's your he's your everyday average. Man. He's your everyday guy, but um, yeah, he kidnaps uh, Holly and hey. uh, looking for a place to hide out, basically. Yeah, so he's like, I need you to take me to your place, and and she doesn't really want to do that. Uh, basically, what happens in the next five minutes? Uh, he gets her to take uh, him to her house. Yeah. Some neighbors see them get out of the car, but they don't really think anything of it. And, you know, they go in there. He tries to explain to her, hey, you know, I'm sorry to put you in this. He tries to kind of sweet talk her like, hey, that, that's a that's a cute name. The thing that I had no idea that was going to happen next just floored me. All of a sudden, you know, he's he's hanging out with her by a window. And all of a sudden there's this coffee pot that just cracks over his head and he goes flying out of a window. Yeah, it was so amazing, dude. And yeah. and what I really dig about it, though is his hurt factor. It was legit. It wasn't the typical like 80s all you know brush it off I'm okay, you know. He actually was he was hurt. He fell out of a story wind, you know, I don't know how high he was up, but I mean he hit the ground and stuff and, and rolled down the hill, but it was cool. He was in a pain for a long time because it was daytime and they went all the way to nighttime and he was still holding his head and his 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 chest and stuff. So I really dug that. I thought that was lost his sunglasses along the way. It's true. So well, it's <laughs> wait a minute. He loses his sunglasses, right? Right. Goes back to the spot where he threw the sunglasses, stashed the sunglasses in the trash can. Right. Trash can's empty. Right. Wait a minute. There's a garbage truck. Perfect timing. Oh, they must be in the garbage truck. Climbs in, digging through. This makes zero sense to me, though. This scene because he's digging through the garbage truck and finds the box of sunglasses. Sweet, I got the sunglasses. Garbage truck is parked in an alley, right? Right. And they just, <laughs> for whatever reason, they decide to dump the garbage truck 
Oh, onto the street. I know where you're going with this. What? What? I, I think it's because the dude didn't know that it was uh, that the back was open. You know, no, he raised the box all the way up, and then just drives off. Like you just dumped the garbage truck on the street. Like this doesn't make any sense. It's I think it's just to have the the funny little scene where he's trying to not fall out of the back of the truck while it's dumping. Yeah, and he's trying to scramble to the top, and it, it makes no sense though. <laughs> it just makes zero sense. You're right, but I mean, does it really does it really hurt your score? Oh, it doesn't hurt the score. It just makes no sense to me. Like, <laughs> it's so stupid, but it is. He gets I, his I, he gets his sunglasses though, and that's all we need. I it's thought a, it's the a, same thing. Yeah, it's a plot device. He gets his sunglasses, and and luckily, you know, he he meets up with Keith David again. Well, what I love is there's like seven in the box, and by the time he gets thrown out of the out of the out of the back of the truck, there's only like two left in the box. Well, the, yeah. per- the perfect amount that you need for what's going to be happening next. I mean, that was perfect, but it was, it was funny scene, but I did say the same thing. I'm like, how did you not know that you just dumped trash all over it? Did you not look in your rearview mirror? What's going on? Don't make a lick of sense. It's true. But let's talk about, I think this has got to be one of the greatest fight scenes in a movie. I mean, I forgot how fantastic this fight was, dude. It really is. When, when Piper and Keith David's Frank, uh, Piper just wants him to put the glasses on, and Frank is really angry with Piper for some reason. Put these glasses. Well, because he killed people. He's like, "You're not supposed to be here, man. You were killing people, man." So Which, he doesn't want anything to do with them. But he gives what, him his paycheck, though. So what is so crazy is Keith David makes no sense in this, and he's like, "I'm not putting the glasses on. I will fight you before I put glasses on." He's like, "Just put the sunglasses on." I. I will murder you before I put those sunglasses on. Like they have a fight to the death. Oh my! This gosh. is it. I it reminds me of an I Quit match in the alley. I mean, Piper's had this before when he fought, he fought Goldust in an I Quit match, the Backstreet Brawl. I mean, it turns into a, 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 a I Quit match in the in the alley where it's like stay down, still getting back up. Like I warned you. <laughs> You know, what I love is what, uh, what, uh, you know, Keith David says, you dirty mother effer. Oh man. I laughed so hard when I heard that dude. It was so good. There was only two hits where I was like, oh, that didn't make any contact. Yeah. There was one where Piper missed him by about 12 feet. Yeah. And Keith David just, I guess I got to fall down. Yeah. 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 That that was the only, um, there was two parts other than that. The whole thing was solid, man. I mean, I'd give that's that fight. I give that fight. fight like a nine out of ten. I mean, that's like the Rocky. That should have been the fight at the end of Rocky Five. I mean, that that was amazing. It was all over some sunglasses, man. Uh, put these on. It was. It was like he's down. Keith Davis down for the count. Like, all right, I'll, I'm gonna put these sunglasses on you. Oh no, you're not. He gets back up. Like, it's just, it's a good fight, and they beat the crap out of each other until finally, finally Roddy gets him gets him down long enough to get the sunglasses on him. Dude, Look. how did he get up? He got five nut shots in the from the knee. One, <laughs> two, three. I counted it, man. My balls were hurting every time he got hit there. He got five nut shots with the knee. I don't know how he got up after that, dude. He's I mean, more man than you. Oh, uh, I guess so. He's not going to be a man anymore after he gets <laughs> up, though, man. Uh, so he finally, finally gets the glass. I mean, this fight takes, uh, what, five minutes, would you oh, say? Oh, yeah. It's a good chunk, yeah. Yeah. So he realizes, oh my gosh, you're not crazy. 
And I love the fact of he has to remind him, hey, you got to take the glasses off because you're going to get a splitting headache, you know. Uh, they decide to get a room together. And what I really dig is, is their walk, you know, trying to get up to the hotel room and just seeing their pain they're going through. It's fantastic. But here's something I don't get. Uh-huh. So the dude from the church shows up, right? You know, he comes in contact with, with Keith David because uh, he realizes he has the sunglasses. How many days later does this take place? Because those two are fully healed up. Fully, It makes it seem like it's that night. Like they're talking and Piper's face is just busted up and they're laying there and he's telling them a story um, about when his daddy was, you know, he used to beat on him and this and that. And there's going to be hell to pay because I ain't daddy's little boy anymore. And, and then a couple minutes later, he's 100 percent healed. Just fully healed, like, let's go. Where are we going now? I mean, it was that night. I think they just like, we're not doing the makeup anymore. All right. Okay. I really was wondering, was it that night or was it a few it days later? It could have been much longer. I mean, they're on the run. Besides, how many days would it take for that to heal up? I mean, his face was busted up and there is not a mark on it in the next scene. No. There's not a cut, a stitch, a, a black and blue mark. Okay. Nothing. They All just... Right. Here's my thing. So, uh, are we going to get next, to your issue now? Kind of. So, right. the next scene, right? So, they do, they go with the guy who's kind of the leader of the resistance, right? And they, they're they wearing the sunglasses. They go to this meeting, like this, this whole thing. Uh, and they're told, take the sunglasses off. We're all human here. Here, put on these contacts. You know, these contacts are way better than you don't give you the headaches, blah, blah. And first off, both of these guys act like they have never put contact lenses in in their lives for they, real they like keith david takes the contact lens case and like puts it up to his eye <laughs> like all right they're in that's how you do it right right piper like shoves his thumb in his eye like what are you doing like <laughs> and you're just like okay fine both of you are idiots and don't know how to do it let's assume you got those contacts in by magic the only reason they came up with these contact gimmick was because we can't have our heroes wearing sunglasses in their fights at the end of the movie. We got to see their faces. Right. Same reason why we can't have their faces all busted up for the climax of the movie. We got to have, we got to have pretty shiny new faces on our heroes when they go into the climax. We can't have them covered with prosthetic bruises and sunglasses. But wouldn't that have been better though? Wouldn't that have been like, these are typical to be like Kurt Russell in big trouble in China. Just an average guy taking on the bad guy. You know, I think that would have been better. Don't you think? I, I definitely think, but I think that was kind of the, the thought behind it, why they kind of just threw in that, oh, these are contacts now. Put yeah. those in. Like, And no, nobody bothered to, like, nobody on the set was like, hey, that's not how you put contacts in, dude. You don't <laughs> just hold the case up to your eye. Like, that, it does not work. Well, I, tr- I promise. I love how when the guys break in and shoot up the place, they purposely miss our two heroes. And, well, yeah. and purposely miss Holly, of course. Well, and here's... Okay. The... <laughs> I'm I'm getting to my issue. All right, get to it. Let's go. So throughout the movie, we see that these guys have, these aliens have been here for who knows how long. Maybe they've always been here, right? That's something Keith David says. Right. Maybe they've just always been here. But whatever it is, we're just learning how to see them, right? And so there's so many instances. These they're They're advanced beyond us, obviously. There isn't a single way for the aliens to be able to see us and to see like who's alien and who's human because 
there are so many times when like Piper is just walking among them, especially in the climax of the movie. That's the whole gig of it is that he and Frank are just kind of walking through the, the alien headquarters. And not one of them is like, Hey, these guys are not aliens. Like these guys are not part of us. What are we doing here? It, I, it amazes me that there's that the aliens would not have the technology to tell who was alien and who was human. Not to mention, these guys are making big news. Hey, there's one guy who's been murdering us. He's been going around town <laughs> shooting aliens like crazy. And there's no like picture like, hey, when you see this guy that looks a lot like Rowdy Roddy Piper, shoot him. He's an alien. He's not, he's an alien hunter. I don't know. That's my that's that's my one question mark. It drives me nuts. Like they would know who he was, but. Anyways, I digress. I digress. We're at, we're at the meeting of the resistance. We're trying to figure out how to take down the aliens, right? So the leader is like, we need to bide our time and wait. And people are getting restless, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. And uh, it, well, we have the bum from Back to the Future. He's joined. Right. Uh, he's joined the aliens. Uh, we forgot to mention that. He He's like, good to see you, boys. I knew that you would. I knew there was something I liked about you. I knew you would eventually turn. Because uh, evidently humans are there because if you're wealthy, then you get uh, or they make well, no, you I'm wealthy. Talking, I don't know. I'm talking about the the resistance meeting. Oh, OK. At the resistance meeting, they're hanging out and uh, trying to decide how to take down the aliens like this is we're going to make one big push. What are we going to do? And, you know, look, you know, it's the 80s when and and things are about to go down when Keith David has an Uzi. <laughs> Nothing says 1980s more than somebody pulling out an Uzi. You don't see those in movies today. No. No, but everyone had an Uzi in the 80s. <laughs> you know Keith David suddenly pulls that Uzi out. You're like, something's about to go down. And just then, meeting adjourned, we've been infiltrated by the bad guys. Hey, man. I know. I, I want to... I, I just have the uh, the my the men at work scene where he's in the truck talking to cops. Right. You know his speech that he gives you know we got ourselves another crazy negro with a gun well let me tell you something human life means little little to me at this point in time oh that's yeah that's pretty much his attitude yeah the doors get kicked in the the bad guys come in they start murdering everyone except for piper and frank yeah they live they live just like the movie they wait a minute he said the title (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah they, they they're on the run so they're on the run, and all of a sudden, uh, they they got a hold of the watch, but they nobody knew how to how to figure it out. They said it had something to do with frequency, but they get cornered in an alley, and they miraculously figure out the frequency yeah. to, to do a hole in the bot to, to do a hole in the ground. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think I don't know. I think he just punched it, and all of a sudden, that's how he got the frequency right. And he's like, I don't want to go down there. I don't know what's down there. Well, it's better than what we're facing right now. Just go, you know, and they jump yep. in. They jump in there and they end up at the headquarters. Of course. Of, of the aliens. Uh, this is on Earth, right? Obviously. Yeah, this is clearly on Earth. Okay. I don't know why I said that. Um, it's Is this underneath the uh, the news place? Is that where we're at? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So they... they Pretty much are trying to figure out. You, you got some guards celebrating that. Oh yeah, we killed all those guys and and uh, Piper and, and Keith David. They are able to to get past them in time, and that's when they they show up to this big this big ball party going on. This guy's talking 
talking about numbers and how by this year we're going to have all earth domination and everything like that. And that's when the bum from back to the future shows up and says, Hey boys, great to see you here. Let me show you around. Uh, I need to be the exposition of this scene for you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you everything that's going on. Hey, guys, off the street, I'm going to show you the most intern, the, the <laughs> smallest details of our organization. Yeah. Because I've seen you guys before. Yeah, and everybody trusts me around here. It's all good. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, so he is the exposition. He takes him around, show him, like, and like, okay. And this is where I'm saying, like, one of these guys should know, hey, isn't that the guy that's been murdering everybody? <laughs> nope. No worries. Come on in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I go in and we, we find the new studio because the whole thing is trying to find the hub where all of the the brainwashing information goes out of. We've got to find that. If we can find that, we can shut them down and we everyone will be able to see them. But it's trying to discover it. And, oh, good thing we just landed in the news studio where it's all coming from. See, why do, why do you got to throw realism in here? Why do, <laughs> why do you got to, you know, point stuff out that, I don't know. I, I, takes, I, takes I love it when, when Piper's like, hey, uh, any chance we can get inside that thing? I've always wanted to see a new studio. Right. <laughs> He's like, oh, sure. Why not? Yeah. We got no security around here. We trust yeah. everybody. I love the guy's like, he's Johnny Big Shot, though, taking him around. He's like, hey, these guys are my buddies. Hey, guys, mind if I take these guys on the grand tour? And the guy's like, for real? Come on. Right. <laughs> and, and then they take him to the place where these aliens are transporting to their planet, basically. They get shot off in the space and are supposed to miraculously end somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it's time to shoot the place up. Then it's time to shoot the place up. Boy, this is fun, man. This is I like when the girl gets on the phone. And he's like, no, 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 no. Put that down. Miss, can you tell me where the roof is? Thank you very much. You know, I, there's just a lot of great Rowdy Piper commentary throughout this end sequence here. How about as they are on the run and they are being tracked down by the alien security, uh, the alien security using Ghostbuster props as communicators. For real. They, they stole the PKE meter. I sold, I was like, <laughs> what the hell? It. They're using it as like a walkie-talkie. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you totally ripped it off from Ghostbusters. I hope you didn't get sued for that. Holy oh my gosh, that was insane. Like, what? What do you... It's that's a Ghostbusters prop, man. That's not a walkie-talkie. It literally, it there is. They didn't even change the color on it. They kept. I think the same they just light. went down to the prop house and were like, "Oh, dude, I love these. Let's put them in our movie." <laughs> There's no copyright on these things. <laughs> oh, that that's my favorite part. Is just like, oh my gosh, that that took me out of the movie. I was like, hey, when did Ghostbusters show up? I, I was like, oh my gosh. It, it was, Wait a minute. There was this big action-packed sequence, and all of a sudden I'm talking about Ghostbusters. Do you think that the Ghostbusters tried to stop these guys? Like, they were the early warning sign. The Ghostbusters discovered these guys, and, and, and they tried to take down the aliens a couple years earlier, and the aliens took out the Ghostbusters. That's that's what happened to our Ghostbusting friends, and they took their their instruments and retrofitted them to their use. And in this world... Venkman and crew are dead because of the the aliens that took over. And then the aliens made Ghostbusters too. Obviously, because no human would make that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think we're onto something. Oh my gosh, I think Vigo's in charge of it all. He's Zool, he's the head of everything. Zool escaped somehow. Oh my lord! Wow, we cracked the code, Mike. What have we stumbled upon? Mm, I don't like it. I know that. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> 
the, the the boys are trying to make it to the roof because you know if you find the satellite dish, if you find the 1980s massive satellite dish that's putting out the signal and and destroy that, it's all good. But in the meanwhile, Piper is also looking for Holly, the girl who threw him out the window. But for some reason, he trusts. <laughs> Can, can can we talk about a, a scene that gets me, you know, I'm all excited. This is great action pack sequence. And then you make me cry a few seconds later when you put a gun to my boy, Keith David, and you blow his brains out. Holly pulls the jack move on Frank, man. He's like, let's go. She's like, oh, I'll go. All right. Boom, man. Talk about an adrenaline killer, <laughs> man. Frank, don't make it. Okay. Spoiler alert, Frank gets one in the temple. So so here's the thing. Is there any other movie where the two heroes of the story die? Thelma and Louise. Oh, okay. So Thelma and Louise is the female... Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde, okay. Um, I... who, who, who else? So we got a small list Which here. Which Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Uh, oh, Natural Born Killers? Natural Born Killers. There we go. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I needed some refreshers because I'm like, you kill off the two heroes of the story, but at least the hero goes out with a middle finger to the camera. So. I love, so Holly pulls pulls the move on Frank, blows his head off. Piper runs up on the roof. He's a, he's going to, he's got his hand cannon out and he's going to blow up the, the dish so that the signal is stopped. And Holly comes up behind him. He's like, Holly, Frank, you all right? She's like, oh, I'm all right. The, uh, your buddy, not so much. And she's like, drop the gun. He's like, nah, that's not happening. And then out of the, out of nowhere comes two helicopters with uh, weapons on them. And they're like, drop the gun or we're going to open fire. He's like, all right, I'm going to drop the gun. All right, you guys got me. And he reaches into his much too tight Wranglers, pulls out the smallest little pistol you can have, shoots it at the dish. The dish blows up like it's made out of dynamite. <laughs> That satellite dish got, gets hit with a like a twenty two, like a tiny revolver, explodes like it's made out of nitroglycerin, and then he just gets gunned down, just ripped to ribbons by by the machine guns. Unforeseen ending to this movie, right? You don't expect Piper to die. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and and of course, by doing this, uh, makes the aliens now visible to the yes. human race. Right. Um, and, and, and I, I gotta love some of, some of these lines here. <laughs> oh my God, girl, you look like crap. Other choice words. Of course, uh, you got the guy in the bar, which I, I paused that. I paused on that face. I'm just yeah. like, that looks so good. That, and that face is good the effects. one on, is the one on the sunglasses. I mean, the effects in this movie still hold up in 2000 the movie because, because it is a 1980s kind of B movie ends with your low grade porno ending. <laughs> like we've gone all the way through this. Like, Oh my God, Piper's dead. How do you end it? Oh, you end it with the, with the chick just railing away on one of these aliens. <laughs> What's wrong, baby? Fade to black. Fade to black. There you go. My wife asked, is there any non-white aliens in this movie? I was like, I think that's a Hispanic over there, but I I can't make. Yeah, hey, I don't see color when it comes to aliens. It's true. We all we all bleed red. It's all they're all black and white to me. Right. Oh man. So I'm really interested in your score. To be honest with you, my score was really high until we had this conversation, and then you pointed all this crap out. I was like, oh, uh-huh. man. 
that's really that's really hurts. The, the truth hurts in this You're review. Ah, oh, so what I'm here for it's what I'm it's what I'm here to do is to I'm here to put the sunglasses on you, Michael, so you can see what's really out there. I I went in I went into this a couple days ago with it being three stars from what I remembered, mm-hmm. and and then I was like I as I was watching it. I get to that, I'm like, man, was there anything I didn't like? Man, this this is really good. But I'm like, ah, is it five territory? I don't know, man. And then having a conversation with you instantly dropped into a four. So I was like, (laughs) (laughs) so I think it's safe to say I went from a three to a five to a four. And I'm I'm at a solid four. Because this movie... Despite the stupid, I mean, it's an 80s movies. We, you and I, we have forgiven so much more than the crap that we've pointed out in this movie. But in all honesty, some of the stuff that it is kind of like, okay, you can't heal up in 24 hours. You know, it there literally is some stuff that it's kind of unforgivable in a way. But uh, it is a super fun movie. It still holds up to this day. It deserves every bit of of cult classic status that it has i think it's one of john carpenter's best movies i really do think that and i'm glad that piper if he's not remembered for his amazing wrestling days you know and is the only guy to sport a kilt in the wwe you know he can be famous for one of the greatest lines in all of movie history yeah so i said actually i'm gonna go four and a half stars (laughs) solid four and a half you know, despite some dumb things that happen, it is pure fun factor. The beginning is a little slow, but mm-hmm. it, but it's for good reason. So I'm at a solid four and a half. I'm sticking there. there All right. Yeah, I I love this movie. This movie holds up really well. This movie, for for what it is, could feel super dated, and it does feel dated, but it still holds up. And I think the message of the movie is as strong as ever. I think the message of commercialism and just going through life, doing what you're told and never questioning what's going on out there is a huge message for today. It holds up strong. And I think that's really cool. Um, I love how some of it is shot, especially, like I said, that newsstand scene, I think looks really gorgeous. I've always had issues with some of the pacing in the movie, especially the, like the first half of it. I think the pacing is really rough. Um, And it, it feels like, some scenes are way too long where they skip over things that need that should be told. Yeah. Um, I think Piper really surprised a lot of people with his acting ability uh, in this one. I think he's really good and I've seen him be good and I've seen him be terrible. And this one, he was great. I think that is what really makes it the cult classic that it is. It's, it's, it's mostly on Piper. Um, his charisma really, really comes out on screen here. He's believable. You know, he's not wooden like a lot of, if you've seen a lot of wrestlers act, it's it's rough. Um, and I just, I really dig this movie. I, I do have issues with it, but it's a movie that that holds up well from the 80s. I give it four stars. I give it four. It's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. always more critical than I am, so that that's fair mm-hmm. enough. So, good times. Yeah. So, yeah, four for you, four and a half for me. Solid movie. If you've never seen it, sorry, we spoiled the whole thing for you. But <laughs> you know what? It's worth it, even if you've never seen it. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, now, in regards to wrestling days with Piper, I mean, he is definitely up there. You know, with this whole Hulk Hogan situ- Hulk Hogan situation and and being removed from the WWE history and stuff, I was kind of surprised at some of the uh, shots from last night's tribute 
that they included Hogan because usually, mm-hmm. you know, when you have someone like Chris Benoit or whatever, you get wiped from existence. Uh, I love the memes going around. Remember when The Rock fought The Rock at WrestleMania 28? You know, that, some of that mm-hmm. stuff's real funny. But do you have any uh, favorite Piper moments in, in WWE that, you know, are yeah. just fantastic to you? Piper was one of my favorites growing up because he was the guy to come out and say it like it is. He had the coolest attitude. He is the reason why I have always loved the bad guys. Well, the reason why my boys go crazy because I root for the bad guys goes all back to Rowdy Roddy Piper. He was the cool bad guy to root for. He was the guy that would make fun of the golden boy Hulk Hogan and take some shots at him that were built in reality. Um, I loved all the Piper's pit segments because it let him talk. Um, He was the original podcaster. Yeah, I mean, when he did his Piper's pit, out there, I mean, of course, the classic one where he hits Jimmy Supervised Snuka with the coconut and the whole fruit buffet. Yeah. That's amazing. But his Piper's Pit segments were were just great. And they led to all of these other ones, the Snake Pit, the Brothers Love, the Barber Shop, all these, the, the edges thing. All these guys that have their little in-ring segments or whatever all need to thank Rowdy Roddy Piper for him making Piper's Pit. That was cool stuff back then. He was a great wrestler. I mean, his his bouts at WrestleMania with Hogan and all that. But I loved him. One of the things I love about Piper, and it maybe wasn't even him, but it was just his persona was on Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Yeah. Roddy Roddy Piper was the leader of the bad guys. Yeah, it was awesome. And I dug him, man. He was cool. And just, I've always had a soft spot for Roddy. And and I was disappointed that last month, uh, my boys and I were supposed to go meet him. He was, he was at our local, uh, minor league baseball game. We, every year we get a, a wrestler, a retired wrestler of some sort comes to the stadium. You go and you meet him. We do it every year. We go down and meet him. This year was supposed to be Roddy Roddy Piper. I was really excited. I was going to have him sign my copy of They Live, you know, the whole nine. Yeah. Um, and health problems led to him canceling the last minute. Ooh. Um, and so we got Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Road Warrior Animal, and that was great. We met them. Great guys. Fun time. Whatever. But they were the substitute for Roddy Roddy Piper. You know, and it was kind of like, well, what's going on with him? What's going on with Piper? And if you listen to his podcast, you he's been having issues with, with his podcast, getting fired from his podcast and this and that. And there's been all these turmoil in his life over the last few months. And it was kind of like, well, man, I hope everything's going all right with him. And then you get this kind of out of the blue, kind of, yeah, it was rough because, you know, he is young. 61 is not old, man. He's still had a lot to go. And if you listen to him, he's still full of piss and vinegar right up to the end. So, oh, yeah. And he yeah. died of cardiac arrest. So yep. it wasn't like suicide or anything. Like no, no, no. He was. No, it's yeah, it's it's sad, but he was. It's just another another of the great legends from our childhood lost. You know, yeah. They go. They seem to go quite frequently. And now I just read today that old Superfly Jimmy Snuka is battling some stomach cancer. Ugh. Uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully he's able to. As a friend of mine posted, hopefully he's able to dive off the top rope onto recovery for that. So heck yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the Miz last night, he said none of these would be possible without Roddy Piper's, you know, Piper's pit. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, his music was always great because he had like the, the organ, the bagpipes. Yeah, the bagpipes going on. That was always good. You always knew that from the first note, oh, you know who was coming out. Just like with The Rock, all you got to hear is if you. That's all you got to hear is those two little words, and you instantly people are cheering. It doesn't even have to finish it. You know the rock's coming out. Same thing with Roddy Piper, man. 
And he had probably the greatest t-shirt that a wrestler would wear ever. That hot rod t-shirt uh, is iconic. He made me as a kid want to wear ringer tees, the t-shirts that had the, the colored band around the neck and the arms. Like I, his hot rod shirt did. Cause I, I thought it was the coolest. I bought that last night actually. Did you? Yeah. They, uh, they, you know, all the wrestlers were wearing, uh, yeah. black with the hot rod logo. Uh, they have, they're selling the vintage regular yellow style. And then on the black shirt, I bought the black shirt. It's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So this podcast episode, which I'm sure there's going to be a lot of reviews of They Live coming around, but uh, this podcast episode is dedicated to Mr. Rowdy Piper, who uh, who was amazing, and thank you for all the fantastic memories, and uh, thank you for this fun movie that I I still, you know, Watching it again makes me realize I got to watch this at least once a year because it is such a fun time. And some of the stuff that he said, I had, I could, I don't even remember him saying in the movie. Now I'm just like, I can't get enough of it. So good stuff. For sure. All right, sir. Well, that is it for our review. Let's get into our emails and hear what the STL nation has to say. All right. So we have, I believe, one email, mm-hmm. and that comes from Time Traveling Peter. All right, then. Are you ready, sir? Why not? Greetings, Jameson, Masunis, and STL Nation. When did you get first? <laughs> yeah. When the hell that happened? I want to apologize that I forgot to write in last time, but it sounded like it was still an excellent episode nonetheless. What? Mm-hmm. You didn't listen to it, sir? Well, this time around, I didn't grow up watching wrestling. So I'm not very familiar with Rowdy Piper, nor have I seen They Live. I know I've written in and watched every movie along for the last couple of years. Uh, I just wasn't able to fit this one in, but I wanted to write in and uh, say it's always a joy to hear you both on an episode because I miss the banter and it's just a great dynamic between you two. Thank you, sir. Yep, it sure is. Uh, I'll keep this short, but thanks to you both, uh, both of you again, for previously guesting on my show. And I can't wait for some STL. Until next episode, Time Traveling Peter. So thank you, sir, for writing in. You are forgiven for uh, for skipping last time. And, yes, it was fun. We all talked about Back to the Future. Uh, you more than I did. I, I kept talking about STL for some reason. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what my problem was. Conceited much, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so but that was our email sir so there it was so uh do you want to play another round of desert island or do you want to wait for the next episode on that one sir would you like to play a game i'm up for a game man you're up for a game all right all right sir so i guess desert island went over really well good times i heard a lot of good things and uh Man, that was a hard one. I really was pretty solid with all my picks except one. I think you had one that, oh, man, I wish I would have changed. Yep. So, uh, and, and you were like, don't give me any warnings. Just throw nope. it on me. So, uh, so here we go. This time, it's the same situation. You're on a desert island, and you have your typical category of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000. But this time, we're going to TV shows, son. You oh, got to pick one TV show. From the 10-year period that you can take with you to watch on the island. 
and it's the whole the whole show the whole series but it can only be one out of that 10 year period and what show are you going to take with you wowzers yeah son so we're going to do some changing channel style son (laughs) go back to the old days and uh yeah you got to pick a show starting from 1970 to 1979. So oh my God. if you need some time to think about this, uh, you know, that's okay, son. All right. I know. I like to go right off the top of my head. I like to go with first thing I can think of, and then I'll regret it later. But right, I, I believe that your first thought is your truest thought for the most part. Um, 1970s. Now, this was I was born at the end of the 70s. Uh, let's see. A TV show. From the seventies. Yep. Okay. Oh, there's there's two that I love, but I'm gonna go with one. Um. Man, I'm I'm am t- torn because there's <laughs> no ties, son. <laughs> I know I'm the king of that. Uh, man, I love the Incredible Hulk. Oh, so good, dude. Love the Incredible Hulk. So good, and it's the same formula every episode. You know, he's it gonna change really at is. the thirty-minute mark and at the fifty-two-minute mark, but it's oh, you wait for it every time. So, okay. Now, this show did. When you say seventies, you mean like it started in the seventies? Because like, I have a show that went well into the eighties. Yeah, basically, it started in. Yeah, it can start in the seventies. So, like for example, I'll give you mine. All right. Mine came out in 1976, but then had a sequel in 1985. I go with what's happening in 1976. Good old rerun. Uh, I would watch this show every day after school. Had And knowing the fact that it's from the 70s was pretty cool because I really wasn't like, oh, these guys kind of dress weird, but it was so funny. You got the rude sister. You got the awesome mama. You got Roger. You got rerun, who who is the best dancer, who's the biggest guy on TV, so yeah, I and then what's happening now debuted in 1985, but I go with what's happening 1976. That's the show I take with me from the 1970s era. Mm, man, there's just so many shows. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be pissed off at me when this is over. All right, damn it. I don't think you can go wrong with any of these. Uh, I, I also love the Dukes of Hazard. That started in 1979. Uh, what what show? That, Dukes, the Dukes of Hazard. Is that a show that exists? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we we're trying to wipe that from existence for some right? idiotic reason, but but for me, it's it's a show, man. 70s, man. All right, I'm just gonna go with it. I there's a show that um when I think of like 1970s, early 80s TV, a lot of it has to do with Shows that I would sit and watch with my dad. Yeah. Like at night, he'd come home from a long day of work as a traveling salesman, you know, and just feet up on the ottoman. Let's watch some TV. So I would watch a lot of whatever he wanted to watch. That's what I'm watching. So it was a lot of MASH. It was a lot of Barney Miller. It was a lot of these shows like this. But as a little kid, one that I vividly remember and I still love to this day in the theme song draws a lot of emotion out of me just hearing the this theme song and that is taxi ooh taxi is a show that is one of the best ensemble cast tv shows ever made um with judd hirsch and jeff conway danny devito tony danza andy kaufman christopher lloyd christopher lloyd mary lou henner just these guys working in a taxi garage in new york in the 70s and the relationships that they built the craziness that went around with with all of them um danny devito's playing louis is i mean louis and and jim 
um, Jim Jim Ignikowski, Christopher Lloyd's character, those two were like opposite ends of a spectrum of craziness. And then you added in Andy Kaufman later as Latka. And it's just one of those shows that reminds me of sitting on the floor in front of my dad's recliner, watching it and just being like, this is crazy. These guys are all like just crazy characters. I thought Tony Danza was the coolest back then. You know, he was, he was, he was, I mean, and, and I just, I love that show. And like I say, that theme song, that sad, lonely theme song, much like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Uh, the sad, lonely theme song just gets to me and uh, kind of makes me nostalgic. So I love Taxi. Good. That's good, my 1970s. Good pick, sir. All right. So 1980. To is 19- there, there going to be a shock on your choice? Uh, and yeah, this is the easiest, yeah. easiest one. Why don't for you me. go ahead while I think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of great shows. I mean, yeah. different different strokes is one that I would watch all the time. Give me a break. Uh, Facts of Life. Uh, God, these are these shows are amazing. Small wonder of all freaking shows. <laughs> uh, I mean, of course, like, we could throw in cartoons, Thundercats. Right. I'm, you know, I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, so the the 80s were the greatest time period for me. It always will be. Oh my gosh. I wish if I could relive life, I would go back to 1980. And just do those 10 years. Oh, my gosh. That would be a miracle. Uh, I mean, easily, Knight Rider is my 1984 pick. Uh, just because of the fact of the one that I thought was in the 80s actually started in 1990. So that was, I was like, oh, thank God that started in 1990. Because that was actually going to go over Knight Rider. It, my next pick was going to go over Knight Rider. But luckily, it started in 1990. Uh, so, yeah, Knight Rider, obviously. I mean, Kit is still my favorite car uh, of all time. I love the fact that uh, he's not banned like the General Lee is nowadays. So once once Kit gets banned, it's Armageddon, people. You better watch out for some fallen rocks. That's all I got to say. Uh, but, yeah, David Hasselhoff, man, I mean, that that was the guy that there were no jokes about Hasselhoff. I mean, Hasselhoff was legit. Uh, you know, he was badass like Sledgehammer and all these other guys. You know, Magnum P.I., all these guys, they were just, they, you know, they were the kings of the 80s. But uh, Knight Rider still to this day, uh, I, I still watch. Uh, Netflix just recently got rid of it. But uh, it, obviously you knew I was going to pick that. So that's the easiest pick for me out of this whole list. So no doubt about it. I can't live without my four seasons uh, of Knight Rider. So. And I won't include the new show. Not No Transformer. Just, <laughs> just season one through four. So. Good, good. What's your pick, sir? Oh, man. Immediately I had three come to mind that I really love. One of them is really a crossover from the eighties into the nineties. And I'm, I don't know. So cheers was always one of my favorite shows growing up. Right. Cheers is a great show. We've established this on change channels. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think cheers can be it. The other one is the first one that came to mind is the Cosby show. I love me some Cosby show, but damn you, Bill Cosby for being who you are. And screw it. I cannot watch that show the same way ever again. Because you are a horrible bastard of a human being, and I hate it. Because Bill Cosby was my man growing up. Yeah, I, I wore out some Bill Cosby albums when I was a kid. Wow, but uh, it it is a great pick, and you're right. That show is ruined now. Can't I can't look at him the same way, knowing what he was doing. Um, and so I go to a show that started in 1987 and went on a 10-year run throughout the into the heart of the 90s. But it started in the 80s, and it was a show that changed television for me and helped launch a network that is huge to this day. 
And it is, to me, the exact polar opposite of what the Cosby show was, and it made it so great, and that is Married with Children. Oh, my God. Married with Children. You want to talk about great theme songs that just like, woo. And there's every week something was going down. Al Bundy is one of my top five television characters ever in the history of television. I love some Married with Children. It got a little rough there at the end of the 90s when they were still going. But, oh, man, were they good. And the Darcy's and the, oh, man. And the uh, Marcy's first husband before Jefferson came along. Just everything about it, I love them. And they were, it was like subversive humor, like that you you shouldn't be watching. I remember my mom not being a fan of me watching Married with Children at all. I would have to go up in my room and watch it in my in the privacy of my own room because this is not the Cosby show. This is not Family Ties. <laughs> right. You know, things are going down. That girl's a slut. Yep. And, uh, and oh, man, was it good. And it was the beginning of Fox as a channel. And they were coming out going, we're not CBS. This is You will not find Murder, She Wrote on this channel. We're going to be... Our city hall, we're going to be in living color. We're going to be married with children, you know? And I love married. It's it's one of those shows that I still watch in the morning yep. when I'm getting ready for work. It's on at 530 in the morning, yep. and I watch it while I'm getting ready. Same it's here. so good. Same here, man. That That's a fantastic pick. That's one of the few shows that we had planned for changing channels that yeah. we didn't get around to doing. Uh, that would have been an awesome closeout show for sure. Yep. Um, I think this next pick, you may actually go along with me on this one. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, in the 1990s, man, you know, we had some 21 Jump Street, which was good times. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff in the 90s, but the one show that started in 1990 that even when it got rough at the end, just like you with Mary with Children, I watch this thing in the mornings because it's still on, and that's In Living Color. Ooh, I thought you were going Fresh Prince. Nope, I'm going with In Living Color. Ah. Nothing will ever in living color when it comes to ahead of its time how the hell did you get away with that joke uh that the stars that came out of this show the movies that were made out of these people i mean uh, jim carrey for god's sake uh, even the waynes brothers the marlin and and stuff i watched white chicks the other day yeah you did i forgot how good that movie was I was like, this movie is going to suck because I, I remember watching it once and I rewatched it again. I laughed so hard watching that. I'm just like, wow, this is the best stuff the Marlin Brothers ever made. But I mean, obviously, they're nowhere in the quality of Keenan Ivory Waynes and all that other stuff. But um, man, in Living Color, dude, it was our first episode. We talked to no end about this show. Mm-hmm. And and I need some comedy when I'm up on an island like that. And and there's dude, even at work, I'll put this on on YouTube and we'll blast it and people will just start rolling laughing. If we're having a bad day, I'll throw on some more money, more money, more mm-hmm. money. I mean, dude, there's so many segments that uh go listen to the episode, son. If you There you go. <laughs> that's all you gotta do. We we reviewed it. Change the Channels podcast, look it up in Living Color. We go into depth on this episode uh, of that show. Yeah, I cannot live without In Living Color. So Very good. All right, my choice for the 90s. Actually, it was easy. Um, and it's, it's a show that I've always loved, and I think it's one of the best written shows ever. And it recently made its way to Hulu. 
in its entirety, and I have been doing a complete rewatch of it, and it it holds up. It feels like a 90s TV show very much, but the comedy holds up well, and it's much copied but never duplicated, and that is Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld is a show that I just flat-out love. Wow. Yep, it is phenomenal writing by Larry David, and I love it. Oh, man. Yep. I suck it. have never watched an episode ever. Crazy. You're I know crazy. all I know all about it, but I just yeah, I never got around to watching it. But you know, you're not in the minority. A nope. lot of people uh a lot of people would say that. So so excellent picks, sir, on behalf of the people. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So this is the tough one from from 2000 to 2009. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I have I have a couple of uh, oh, man. Oh. oh boy. Um. Yeah. This this one has me stumped because I'm trying I'm trying to really think of the shows that I love and then I kind of hit the 2000 era and I'm just like. What was I watching? All right. You want me to jump out with mine? Yeah, go ahead. Give, okay. me, give me some ideas here. All right. You're probably going to need There's Okay. There's, oh, man. God dang it. All right. There's <laughs> three of them that came out, but I, I'm going to disqualify one right away, but I got an honorable mention. Okay. Breaking Bad. Amazing show. Incredible show. Came out in 2008. Here's the issue. I didn't start watching it until 2010. So oh, nice. <laughs> disqualified. Oh, I got my show. Thank you. Oh, you got it? I got it. Yep. Right, no, okay. you you go ahead and, okay. and, and do yours and then uh yeah. All right. So got it. I'm I'm torn between two shows. Curb Your Enthusiasm is a show that has always been hilarious to me. Absolutely love it. But I just chose Seinfeld, and I don't think I can take another Larry David show. Okay. As much as I love it. So my choice is what I consider to be again right up there in the top five greatest written comedies of all time and let's completely disregard the last season which came oh so many years later oh my god I don't and that is arrested development awesome i love arrested development and it is so amazingly well written and the characters are so dense and so crazy and so well intertwined it's one of those shows that kind of took the seinfeld theory of intertwining all these stories and did it right and it's just it rejuvenated the career of justin bateman jason bateman jason bateman yeah seriously it it did really just relaunched him into uh, what is now an a-list movie star too and and really just took some of my favorite comedic actors and it was just such a such a great show, and the it got canceled too early. Yes, but the season that came oh so many years later onto Netflix and was a really half-assed job should completely be disregarded because that was awful. But in its original run, Arrested Development in the two thousands was incredible comedic writing, and I, that's my choice for the two thousands. Excellent, uh, excellent choice, sir. Oh my gosh. What do you got? All right. Um, I am going with the show that uh, came out in 2007. And this is a show where it had, it went to 2013. And it was a show that there was never one episode that I never loved. 
And that was very rare. There's usually one or two episodes of a show where I'm just like, I could take it or leave it. But this was a show that always had me on the edge of my seat. Formulaic, yes. But it was also a show that started a trend that is happening in today's television. And it started with this show. This is a show that I love dearly and thank what it did for TV because because of this show, I don't have to wait so long for television shows. Uh, Burn Notice on USA. Uh, with Jeffrey Donovan, Bruce Campbell, Gabriel Anwar. Uh, they started the half-and-half uh, half season. You get a summer season and you get a winter season, which would be followed up by Pretty Little Liars and Teen Wolf and all these shows today that took a note out of Burn Notice. Now, Burn Notice essentially is about this spy who gets burned, and his whole goal is to find out who burned him. But in the meantime, he works with his best friend, Bruce Campbell, uh, who was great to see uh, after so many years of helping the little guy and all these adventures that he would go on and teach you all these spy tricks and all this and that. And then you'd have his crazy woman who loves guns and explosives, uh, Gabriel Anwar. And Burn Notice was uh, was just this amazing show that that created all these other shows in USA. But man, I there was never one episode I never loved. And the biggest payoff for me was the final episode. I was like, okay, you know, a lot of people were burned by the last episode of Dexter and and all these things. And it was in 2013. It was right around that time. And I was like, how are you going to end this show? And the final episode, not to spoil it, but the way it wrapped up the show was so thought provoking. It was like, I never would have thought to end the show like that way and that was fantastic so hmm. have you ever heard of burn notice you have told me about it several times <laughs> yeah now jeffrey donovan he's a guy that i i watched in the show called touching evil it was on usa where he got shot in the head uh and and but basically was able to sense evil and and sense killers and all that kind of thing but it didn't last very long it only lasted a season that's why i checked out burn notice but it's one of those shows that Burn Notice, it's filmed in Miami, so it's very bright, bright colors like CSI Miami. And it's it's so much comedy in the show. Bruce Campbell, man, he is just, he's the best, man. If you didn't love Bruce Campbell from the Evil Dead series, Burn Notice just, you just fall. I love me some Bruce Campbell. Yeah, man. So I cannot give the highest recommend to any show than Burn Notice. That is a show that will not let you down. And it is solid from 2007 to 2013. Not a single bad episode. It's fantastic. It's a it's a 10 out of 10. So look. excellent. Yeah. Oh man, 2010. 2010 to 2015. Oh man, I just that that's in the 2000s. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, that was such a good show. I was, <laughs> but it was unfortunately in the 2000s. Dang. Oh, this is a- tough, man, because I'll, I'll be honest. There's a lot of I kind of slowed down my TV watching in the uh, last few years. Me, too. I only pick certain shows. now. Yeah, it is very pick and choose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, OK, Mondays, I got wrestling, you know, lip sync battle. I got pretty little liars. I got Team Wolf. I got this. And then I'm done. Tattoo nightmares, and then I'm done for three days. I don't want to watch anything else. You know, I, I got limited shows that I that I want to watch. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. I can only think of one. 
that, oh, that oh, started. By the way, before I forget. Yes, sir. Scream, terrible show. It, <laughs> it, I, I, I could not watch past episode one. It was terrible. It was a piece, piece of crap. So don't well, that's not good. Don't ever watch it. It's terrible. That's, that's, that's not a recommend at all. Not a recommend from Misunis. And Misunis likes everything. We all know that. So, yeah. Don't ever, don't watch Scream. It sucks. It's terrible. It's a piece of crap. Mm. Woof. Whew. I, right. I, I cannot wait to hear this, sir. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> While you're still thinking. I am... I am totally lost as far as what my favorite show of the last five years is. Um, man, there's a lot of shows that that I watched today that started in early 2000. Like you know, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing is they're all they all are like, carryovers from a previous decade. You know, like Supernatural. That's my favorite show on television, but it's been around for ten years. You know, but yet I picked Burn Notice over Supernatural. But I gave my reasons. You know, so the shows I watched today, ninety five percent of them are carryover from five years ago. So. Mm-hmm. So the only one that I can think of off the top of my head that has been within the last five years is uh, The Walking Dead. Good pick, sir. The Walking Dead started in 2010. That's a phenomenal show. Um, and really, I'm I, I'm struggling to think of anything that I like more than that. Um, it... I have my issues with that show. That's the problem, though, is that I don't think it's a perfect show. I've got real issues with The Walking Dead at certain points, even certain seasons that I think kind of just are a bit blah and a little repetitive. But really, for lack of thinking of anything else, that's the show that is kind of has been appointment television for me more than anything else. So. Oh, yeah, I am stuck between two shows. Um they are, I kid you not, they are neck and neck. They are the two shows that I have to watch instantly. Um, honorable mentions would be Under the Dome. That's a fantastic show that just, you know, debuted uh, a few, like two years ago. That's a great, great show. I love that. Tattoo Nightmares is a super fun show. And I don't even like tattoos, but I just love watching the cover-ups. Those are awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lip Sync Battle, of course, is fun. Uh, the two shows that go neck and neck uh, that do the same schedule of, of half and half uh, are, are Pretty Little Liars and Teen Wolf. Um, but I have to pick one. And, and you are like, you're like, Mike, seriously, you're going to pick Teen Wolf or Pretty Little Liars, these little teeny bopper shows. But you know what? Uh, they are so – I have to go with Teen Wolf. I, I really do because, yeah, it's an MTV show, but it's a show that reminds me so much of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where it's a, it's a show that started off focusing on werewolves and then instantly created its own mythology and, and gets into the history of all these different Japanese uh, demons and all these all these different things. So very little werewolves are in this show. Uh, the newest season dealing with the Dread Doctors, which are these creepy-ass guys in, in these, like, uh, creepy-ass masks. And, and they, oh, it's it's crazy. Um, Teen Wolf is definitely my favorite show of the past five years because I never thought I would love an MTV show. But the writing is just, it's so much fun. And it, it just reminds me so much of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. And it, to see a show be able to do that now 
I know that there's the whole guys take off their shirt thing and they play the stupid music and they tell you the artist at the bottom of the thing. You know, I know that's all for the, the little girls and stuff. But <laughs> when, I, when I pull back the curtain on it, man, it is each actor, they they immerse themselves 100%. There's not a single character that I don't love. And the thing is, every season, they bring in new people and you're like, I'm going to hate this person. But they always do a twist in the story and there's always a summer season and a winter season. And man, one of the best seasons was Dylan O'Brien who went off to do The Maze Runner. Uh, he had a season where he basically was like the Joker, uh, like Heath Ledger style. And his acting ability was crazy where he could go from instantaneous psychopath to just laughing and, and, and just being the good guy all over again. It was one of my favorite seasons ever. But I, I, was, I always knew Dylan O'Brien was going to be this big star. And The Maze Runner, I think you had a lot of fun with that movie. Am I, am I correct? I did. I'm looking forward to the Scorch Trials in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So Dylan O'Brien is – if they ever kill off Dylan O'Brien, I will quit watching the show. He – even uh, though he's – he's You've styled. been warned. Yeah, he's style. And funny enough, you know, you take this crappy movie from the 80s that Michael J. Fox absolutely hates. And you just take the characters and you use the town. But you do a complete 180 and make it your own thing and make it a horror, a horror show, a comedy, a drama show. And you add all this mythological stuff. It makes it so much interesting. I mean, dude, there's ninjas in this show. I like ninjas. There's ninjas. There's demons. There's werewolves. There's man. There's the only thing we don't have is vampires, but it. I love the ninjas, man. They're, they're amazing. It's so good. I mean, one girl, her belt, she takes her belt off. It turns into a samurai sword. Uh, and then she turns into a a, fo- a a big lightning fox. It's amazing. So, so yeah, gu- guilty pleasure, if you want to call it that. I don't care. John, the music man, will back me up. That's his favorite show as well. Team Wolf all the way. And uh, I hope it continues on for many more years. And, uh, and Scream is terrible. Don't ever watch it. It's a piece of trash. <laughs> but, but Team Wolf is the best thing on MTV. So there you go. There you go. There you go, son. All right. So that was fun. We did it. Yeah, we did it, man. That was a fun round, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, uh, should we get to the music spotlight, sir? Yeah, let's hit it. All right, let's hit it. Here comes the ready and now. For the music spotlight, sir, I got a special one for you. This this is a great one, man. Uh, and lucky enough, I was sneaky and I threw it in earlier in the episode. You know, when I said, let's get to news and I played the music. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I already played part of this because I want everybody to hear this song. This is a world premiere song. This song is not available until August 21st. But I got my hands on it first because I was a Kickstarter person who paid money. And yeah, I'm not supposed to do this, but this goes with Rowdy Piper. It's embrace the chaos because that's what that's what he did. That's what Piper is all about. He was a guy who always embraced the chaos. And that's what this song is. This comes from uh, my favorite band and they are back and badder than ever. And the chorus is amazing. 
And uh, and when you hear the scream, the scream is Embrace the Chaos, for those of you who can't understand it. But uh, right. it's fantastic. This is my favorite song of 2015. There's not a single song that will knock it off. So when you get to the end of the year and you hear my top 20 songs of 2015, I guarantee you there will not be a song that will knock this off the number one slot. So I've waited two years for this song. I've heard a minute clip of it, and I waited two years to get the full edition. I just got it today. Uh, but, yeah, that's the music spotlight. So in, in honor of Piper, who always embraced the chaos, and in honor of my favorite song of the year, in honor of my favorite band, this is it, man. This is the jam. This is this is it, man. This is Masuna's Approved. There you go. <laughs> There's the stamp of approval. There you go, man. So, dude, you're gonna love this song, man. So, all right, it's good times, bro. So that's it, man. That's the episode. Whew. Wow, good times. Oh. Almost under two hours. That's typical for us. That's okay. So. Good lord. Oh man, it was good to get back together, man. But uh, yeah, it's cool with work. They're paying to have me go to college so I can get. Uh, some more training and get some degrees and stuff, man. So Wednesday nights, man, that's when I'm going to college. And that's for 16 weeks, son. There you go. You're like Screech going to school. Oh, I hate school. You're like Screech the college years. Uh, it's true. But your Tuesday nights have opened up, uh, which we haven't been able to have open up recently. So that's pretty cool. We might be able to do some more episodes. Who knows? Who, who knows? So, uh... The movie we originally had planned. Is that the movie we want to do for next time? Why not? Why not? Do we want to announce to the world what it is, or do we just want to surprise them and be like in utter shock that we reviewed it? <laughs> however, however you want to handle it. Well, I'm asking your honest opinion. I, I, I want to know. I say we keep it under wraps. Keep okay. it under your hat. All right. We'll do. Nobody will be able to find out except us. So my wife knows, and she can't believe I'm I'm doing that movie. And well, you keep her hush hush, all right? Yeah, she's still upset that every time it's on, she watches it, and I'm like, if you hate this movie so much, why are you watching it? She's like, I just can't help it. So I'm like, there you go. That's why we love it. So and there you go. All right, sir. Well, uh, since you you have a podcasting empire yourself, you should be the <laughs> new DVM man. I'm telling you. Oh, don't don't joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see. You got uh, you got the, your TV show, which you're super famous now. Didn't and and then you did uh, with Jason. You did some real uh, real reviews, right? Nope. Uh, no, no, nope. re- real films. There you go. And you you had something awesome happen. Do you want to share uh, that with the people nope. or no? Nope, not nope. yet. Okay, it is in the works. It's in the works. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff though. Good times. So so people who listen to that, uh, be on the lookout for some exciting news. Yes, if you have not. Yet, listen to our at at this moment our most recent episode, uh, double feature Batman versus Superman. It is the uh, uh, death of Superman lives. What happened? Documentary, as well as the documentary, the story behind the mask, the story of Batman undead. Yeah. Oh, Batman dead end. I'm sorry. <laughs> Awful. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, and you want to be in on the big surprise that we are working towards. I'm jinxing myself completely. But <laughs> listen to that episode, uh, and uh, you'll you'll understand what's going on. So good times, man. Yeah, awesome. So let's see, you got the movie Mojo Monthly. You got the real reviews, the real films. Yeah. What else? What else you got going? That's all I got going. Writing on uh, on MoviePilot.com. Oh yeah. And- Oh, you should, man. See, you should get your own website, and, and that way people. Well, that's what that's what MoviePilot is 
hoping to be. I'm hoping to consolidate all of my things on there. I post the real reviews shows on there. I, I post the podcast. I post everything on there. So hopefully it can be a one-stop shop at some point without me having to build a whole website and pay for it. Yeah, I just had to pay for STL. I, yeah. I paid for the for the name, but I didn't update the the software to update the podcast the mm-hmm. website because it's like it's a ridiculous amount. So it's gonna be the the new episode still posts to the website, but there's some info that needs to be updated and and that'll never happen unless there I come come up with a hundred bucks. So yep. Well, that is it, folks. Thank you, Jameson, for joining me on this episode. I had a blast, sir. Thank it, you. It was awesome. And uh, hopefully we can get together in the next few weeks and we'll do our surprise review for the folks that I think they'll have a lot of fun with. So Indeed. All right, bro. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy my favorite song of the year. Uh, you can purchase it on August 21st on iTunes for $1.29. Uh, good times. So... With that being said, you guys have a good one. Take care. Masunasa.
understand.